0: Welcome to the Zell Informer Podcast. I'm your host, Alfred Tabax, joined, as always, by Andy Spatiri, my co-host.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: So this week, uh, we're going to talk about a few things. I wanted to talk... um, about something in particular that's been on my mind a lot recently but before we do that I want to talk about Andy's recent editorial um, where he talks about making a Zelda movie that doesn't suck um so why don't you give him a bit of a rundown about that uh well I guess I prepare some of my thoughts
1: okay uh just pulling up my article here okay so the gist <laughs> of it is um I was reading Console Wars a really cool book about the uh the beef between Nintendo and Sega during the early 90s, and there was a section, uh, a chapter dedicated to the Super Mario Bros. movie and what a absolute disaster it was. Um, I kind of like it. Like, it's it's so bad it's good, but uh, that's besides the point. So, Zelda fan of me was thinking, like, okay, well, like, that movie was awful. Nintendo's very hesitant to make more movies based off their IPs. What would be needed to make a good Legend of Zelda movie? So, I threw out a couple ideas. Um... For what I think would be the keys to making it good and when I say uh, what what I didn't cover was uh, I didn't throw out you know names of, of who was gonna play who or who was gonna direct obviously the better caliber actors and directors that you get the the better your movie's probably gonna be so we don't need to waste time on that and uh, one other thing that I threw out was uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm like I'm like a, you know, a film expert, but I did want to say that I, you know, I see my fair share of movies, so I have a pretty good idea of what I thought would make a movie work, what I thought would make a movie not work, so, uh, yeah, the article just goes out to lay a couple points about uh, what what would make a successful Legend of Zelda movie, so do you want me to run over that, or do you want to...
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just, you, you mentioned the Super Mario Bros. movie in there, um, and... I remember reading a long, long time ago an article in the back of um, Game Informer that talked about how that movie went basically to hell during its development. So, like, it started out pretty on track. With, it was you know, one of
1: the the worst developmental hell movies that I can think of ever.
0: Well, and it's it's not just that it went through, like, reshoots, like you say, like you hear from Suicide Squad or Batman vs Superman, where the movie isn't like doesn't turn out to be great but it's okay it's passable like Mm -hmm. the movie started out with the core concept of mario bros like super mario bros fine um i don't remember who the director was who the screenwriter was for it um and then they just stopped with that they completely got rid of all of that and brought in two new people um who wanted to do this the problem was
1: is they kept on doing that over and over yeah they like so Nintendo just completely sold the rights to the film to, uh, I forget what studio it was, but I'm just going to say Sony Studios just for an example. So they they sold the the rights to Sony or whoever, and they had complete control of it. So then the executives over at uh, whichever studio it was, they couldn't really decide what kind of movie they wanted to make. If they wanted it to be like like a fantasy movie, um, kind of like Terminator, if they wanted it to be a family movie, kind of like Flintstones, or... If everybody had just different ideas, and they kept on getting new writers, new directors, new new talent involved with making this movie. So there was a lot of there was a lot of ideas just floating around, and like there were some kind of okay ideas, but it just it didn't mesh with the other kind of okay ideas. And then they got along into development and it built sets for the movie, but then then the the script was rewritten, so they had these sets which now they had invested money in, which now they were writing material to accommodate the sets rather than sets to accommodate the material so it was just a it was a big charlie fox strut from <laughs> start to finish
0: well and it's uh it mentions the team uh the husband and wife team that ended up completely redoing everything and like you said they were tossing around ideas back and forth about what kind of movie it should be um and it it just turned into like an abomination of what <laughs> yeah. mario Bros. should have been like you know people it has a cult following but, you know, so does Manos, The Hands of Fate, which is, like, one of the worst movies ever created. I'm not saying that Super Mario Bros. is great because people like it. Um, and see, I
1: actually have a soft spot for Super Mario Bros. Because I saw it when I was really young and didn't really know any better. So I was like, "That's kind of cool. Like, That's where, like, you know.
0: people, where we fall, a lot of us see that movie and we're like, you know, it's, it's bad. But, like, there are moments in it that we yeah, remember like- because it was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Super Mario Bros. childhood, you know, this is... You know, it's great.
1: It's, it's kind of like Batman and Robin. Like, that movie's terrible, too, but I, I chuckle when I watch it. I can appreciate <laughs> it for what it is and for what it isn't.
0: Yeah, and, and so you reach these uh, points where um, you, you you know, like you said in the article that you referenced um, on Nerdist, uh, is that Super Mario Bros., the the film kind of gave video game movies a bad reputation for a while, um, but then you saw stuff like um, Street Fighter get made uh, mm-hmm. into a movie, which, you know, didn't do too well um and then you know further so on Mario Bros got...
1: gave video game movies the bad reputation but I mean honestly there hasn't been much to to you know give another perspective to that reputation well I mean like I guess the all of that with Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat which were pretty bad and you uh, like for my money one of the only good superhero or superhero movies video game movies is uh Tomb Raider with uh, Angelina Jolie I mean, even then, even it's
0: still really can be. Um, yeah. And they they say the big, the best video game movie right now is Wreck-It Ralph, and, and it's sad that I have to agree with that. It's actually one of my favorite Disney films. Um, but they treat a lot of IPs in that show or in that movie better than they do in some of their other uh, ventures. And honestly, for someone that never played Assassin's Creed, I like the Assassin's Creed film. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of flack from that. Um, there were a lot of really weird choices they made, like certain fight scenes or a lot of the fight scenes were filmed horribly um, but for what it was and what it was trying to be i thought it was okay um, but like back on topic when you get into a zelda film and we've talked about this before we spent um an entire hour casting it a while back um nate and i did and you run into a lot of problems you know considering that aside from breath of the wild which is more of a cinematic type game um, which could be made more into a movie than let's say ocarina of time um because a lot of what happens in ocarina of time takes place linear linearly, mm-hmm. linearly um through the temples and through the dungeons and so after each dungeon you get a cutscene, or in dungeons you get cutscenes. scenes um and i believe that's where a lot of uh the difficulty would be is where how to pad out the movie in a way that it would stay true to the game series um but also you know didn't completely suffer the movie didn't completely suffer because of it and the Hero of Time film um, by B&B Finishes that was made a long time ago, um, they did, like you suggested, they kind of did a montage of dungeons and Link fighting through um, different areas of the game in order to get through it instead of focusing on like one or two dungeons or yeah. t- trying to get through each dungeon. Um, and at that point, you could see it be more of a TV show if they wanted to use each dungeon um, as opposed to a film. Uh
1: yeah, and just to clarify, the article is about a movie specifically. I, I think I threw out there somewhere that um, a, a series, you could really flesh out the story a lot more, and you could probably do a little bit of a more faithful adaptation, but um, for a movie, you know, running at like, probably, let's say, two hours would be tougher.
0: Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, one of the things you also mentioned is that you run into the the difficulty of giving Link a voice. Um I, Whereas, I thought that
1: that would probably be the single most important thing to do, actually. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like, he's got to talk, right? And he doesn't have to talk a lot, but he is going to have to be able to carry a conversation with Zelda, with Ganon, with whoever you know. Let's just say Navi, for the sake of saying somebody. Um, so I mean, he's going to have to. He's going to have to have that voice, and so. What I proposed, what I kind of picture Link uh, sounding like, is a mix between Captain America from the Marvel movies and Samwise Gamgee from the Lord of the Rings movies. (laughs) Yeah, which is like kind of a weird mix, but um, I thought like a like you have Captain America, natural leader, you you know he's gonna do the right thing always. Uh, you know he can kick butt with the best of them, and then you have Samwise Gamgee on the other side, who is like courage personified. And, um, it just has that inherent goodness to him that I think Link does as well. So, uh, if I, for my money, I think like a a mix of those two would be, it would be money for Link. That'd be the kind of character direction that I was like.
0: Yeah. and, And again, like you run into difficulties, like we talked about, even with Breath of the Wild is giving characters a voice, traditional characters a voice. Um, I mean, the only two that they really did that with were, uh, I mean, the only one that they really did that with, was Zelda. Um... And then, yeah, I guess mostly just Zelda. Um, when you give such an iconic character like that a voice for the first time, um, there's going to be a lot of rejection to it, and you're never going to make people mm-hmm. happy. No, you're not going to make everyone happy with it.
1: Um, and, that, and that's even doubly true for a movie, because it's you're giving him a voice, and you're giving him a face, and yeah. you're giving him a personality. So it's it's it would take a while, I think, for people to um, accept that. But
0: And it would have to be like, even though it's it's one of those films that would have like you don't want to see too much of before you get to the theater, they would have to figure out a way to make sure that you were accustomed to seeing Link and hearing his voice before the film, um, just because it, it like you, you want people to get used to that. Uh, and so, like you said, there there are a lot of difficulties that could be faced with that. Um, do you think they'll ever make a Zelda film?
1: Uh, you know. No, but a couple of years ago I wouldn't have said that Nintendo would ever make games on mobile either. So <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't shut the door on it. I think that they're slowly getting there. We've seen like in the last couple of years I've seen Zelda merchandise go from being non existent to everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think Nintendo's really realizing like how popular <laughs> Legend of Zelda is with like like gamers our age and, you know, with up and coming gamers as well. So I I wouldn't close the door on it. I think of all their movies to make or all their all their franchises to make, like that makes the most sense to make a movie of either that or Metroid. I would say because the rest of it's like the rest of them would be cool, but they would be you know you know what you know what actually makes sense too is even do like a Super Smash Bros movie where you could have like all everybody there.
0: (laughs) You work up to like an Avengers type film with Smash Brothers, pretty much. Do uh, be pretty cool. I mean, hey, you've got the Subspace Emissary, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but that there's your your cinematic uh, workup. Um, yeah, so,
1: I don't know. I, I wouldn't, uh, I think it'll take a while again for, for Nintendo to fully make one of their their movies in, or their IPs into a movie, though. I like, Super Mario Bros., it just can't be overstated, like, how bad it was and how bad it burned Nintendo, so.
0: Well, and I think that that's why they're so hesitant on handing out their, their IPs like that. It's such a recognizable Absolutely, one at yeah. that. Um, even you saw with Wreck-It Ralph, they pretty much gave them Bowser. In a cutscene, or in a cutscene, in like one scene of the movie. No voice acting, nothing like that. Um, whereas Sega liberally just handed out Sonic, uh, which, you know, it was, again, That's it's a great movie. That's one of my favorite Disney films. Um,
1: you know, there's a really good scene in Wreck-It Ralph, actually, which I bet almost nobody picked up on, but uh, <laughs> I, I can't even remember what it was, but like there's a military leader and he's giving a speech, and it's the same speech that uh, is being given in Metal Gear Solid 2 at the very beginning. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Uh, I thought it was so funny. I love that movie too. It's really good.
0: It, it's such a great film, and that's you know, that's it's not really a video game movie, but it's a it's a movie with video games in it. Um, it's kind of how I really to to me, Wreck It Ralph is to film what Ready Player One is to the or R- Wreck It Ralph is the film to mo- to video games as Ready Player One is the book to the eighties. Um, that's fair. And it, and it's such a like a love letter to that, and I'm so excited for the second one. But I'm also excited for Ready Player One's film. Just hope they do it justice. I'm, I'm um, cautiously
1: optimistic for Ready Player One.
0: Yeah, I am too. Uh, so I guess next next topic then is we don't want to beat this one to the ground. If you want to hear more about this, if you want to hear more about Andy's opinions, as always, go over to his article, read it, leave a comment,
1: tell him that you love him, hate him, whatever. Yeah, somebody contradicted me like literally right away in the first comment, so I'm <laughs> open for criticism. <laughs>
0: So, next topic, uh, we're going to hit one of the daily debates that we got to this past week. Um, What was our toughest challenge in the Legend of Zelda series? Uh, And so, I I took this a few different ways. So, we could talk about it, Um, we can hit on a few different ways. What what our biggest challenge was, um, like, game-wise, gameplay-wise, what our biggest challenge was in general, um, anything that you could really think of, I guess... Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth on this one. My, my biggest, my first biggest challenge, the one that I remember the most wasn't necessarily a, um, man, it it really wasn't such a, a difficulty to me as like, uh, as it was a mistake on my part. Um, so I don't remember how I did this or what I was doing, but I, I, when I had the 3DS, uh, Ocarina of Time um i was doing the master quest and i got halfway through the water temple and was like i'm i'm stuck i can't uh, you know i've got the the hook shot and <clears throat> i don't really know what else to do here and because i hadn't played master quest in such a long time and so i went on to the next temple mm-hmm. um and what you can do you don't actually have to beat the water temple to get to the Shadow Temple, you just have to get the hook shot. Just
1: need the long shot, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so that's what I did, <clears throat> and then I came back to the Water Temple, the Master Quest Water Temple. And I was like, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, um, and I got lost. And then I went to the Spirit Temple, and then I got lost there. And so now, if I try to go back to that save, I can't because it's it's just a mess. And that I, that was a challenge. That was a difficulty that I put on myself. Um, I, I just can't go back to that now. Uh, I have mm-hmm. no idea, no idea what anything is, where anything is, what I did last.
1: So. Yeah, like like super generic answer, but man, the first time I ever did the water temple, like I was <laughs> I was a kid, right? So yeah, like I, I was like I was like, what is going on? Like it, the the N sixty four version of Ocarina of Time didn't give you any indication at all how you raise the water level or mm-hmm. lower the water level, which thankfully the the three DS remake at least gives you. You know, some idea of how you do it. So I was wandering around, wandering around, and like I was just stuck, like you know, treading water—no pun intended—for <laughs> uh, for like, man, I think it was like a couple days, and I was like, "What am I doing?" And, like, and like in that time, you know, mm. you couldn't, there weren't really guides available, like back in '98. Like you had to go out of your way to find them, right? So mm-hmm. I, I kind of. I remember I eventually just, like, played every single song in, uh, that I knew at the mat, and and one of them worked, and uh, the water eventually, you know, changed levels, but, like, even past that, the water temple was just, like, uh, it was, it sucks, like, you know, taking your boots on and off all the time, and uh, thankfully, the 3DS version, you know, changed that, too, but back mm-hmm. in the N64 version, you had to go in and select your equipment, and, like, so that was awful, and then... I was missing one key right with right at the end. Yeah,
0: that was that like, was. I never really had a lot of problem with the Water Temple except for that part. There was always one key that I could never like. I had the big most trouble finding, and then yeah. I had to backtrack and try to find that key. I always knew where it was. I just didn't know how to get there.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it, it was that, always in that
0: current thing.
1: That's that's probably my my toughest Legend of Zelda like gaming experience. There there's been some other hard parts, but like nothing'll like the water temple is a cliche for a reason. It it sucked.
0: And uh for me <clears throat> you where you get the hover boots after you do the uh um You get
1: you get the hover boots like probably in the first minute or so that you're in the Shadow Temple.
0: Yeah, there was there's that oh, the lens of truth. That's okay. So I didn't know and I guess you really don't have to do this. Um, but as a kid, I didn't know that you could get the lens of truth in Ocarina of Time, and so the first time I went through the Shadow Temple, um, I didn't have the lens of truth, um, and then I got stuck. Can You even go through the Shadow Temple if you don't have that? You can. You just can't fight the boss battle because you have no idea. You can't lock on to can't Bongo see his, Bongo. Uh, hands or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, and so like I'd get to a specific point where <clears> you kind of <throat> needed it. And I just couldn't figure out where to go. Um, I think it might have been the ship that that flows through the the, the river sticks, I guess, in the Shadow Temple. Um, something like that. There's, there's a part where you basically need it to get by. Um, and I had no idea that you needed to go into the well. Uh, I don't remember why. I didn't know. I didn't ever look it up. I just tried to go through it. And so, like, I'd run into walls and I'd try to get through walls. Um, found the hover boots, did all that. Um, but I could just never figure out. Where I was supposed to go because I never had the lens of truth, and I'd say that was probably my biggest difficulty with Ocarina of Time. Was like I, I I tried to beat it, I tried to beat the Shadow Temple without the lens of truth, and I had no idea that I needed it or excuse me or where to get it. That was uh, the difficulty for me there.
1: All right, <clears throat> so sticking with Ocarina of Time, one of the one of the most challenging things that I've ever done in a Zelda game it didn't actually have anything to do with me, but like I have a, I have Ocarina of Time 3DS and I wanted my girlfriend to play Legend of Zelda cuz I love Legend of Zelda and I wanted, you know, her to see what it was all about. So she was playing Ocarina of Time and uh, it was really hard for me not to like micromanage exactly how she played and what she was doing. She's laughing at me right now about it, <laughs> but uh, it, it it was really tough to like to say like, "Oh, I I wouldn't do that" or like, "You should just do this" or, you know, to kind of let her go around and explore and get that full legend of zelda experience i ended up like like taking over her file and like getting all the skulltolas and like all the bottles and like everything like that all the hearts so that's that that was tough not to like it's tough to watch someone else play zelda the way that you wouldn't play zelda so that was that was challenging
0: yeah so i think i are mean, I... gonna play majora's
1: mask sometime in the future <clears throat> so
0: oh that's that i can't even imagine how that's gonna go
1: <laughs> uh, that's gonna be worse the whole grain of time is pretty straightforward <laughs> majora's mask is a little tricky
0: oh yeah Especially when it comes down to all the side quests. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I guess that aside from Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask in general, because every time I play that game, I try to hundred percent it. Um, my <laughs> this is this is a stupid thing to get hung up on. But my two biggest challenges that were ever in any Zelda game were as a kid trying to do the Beaver Race to get the bottle in Majora's Mask, and then the Goron Race to get the bottle in Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm I was just so bad at controlling Goron Link, like just abysmal. When I finally got to that boss fight at Snowpeak, it was so bad. Um, you know which one
1: I hated was like you're the Zora and you have to uh, shoot your fins at the at the little bottles or whatever. And if you don't if you don't get them all, you have to pay for them. I thought yeah. that was really hard.
0: Uh, that that game was just difficult in general. But like getting the bottles was probably my least favorite thing, um, just because I was <laughs> just so bad at controlling Goron Link. Like I I lost that race so many times. Um, and then I think the first few times I did the beaver race, I didn't know that you, like, I, for some reason I either wasn't looking at the controls on the screen or I didn't know that you could speed up and dive or like, uh, swim faster. And then when I finally did that, I couldn't control cause I was going too fast and I was just, I was really bad at those two things and they just hours of frustration.
1: Uh, yeah, which is kind of I, embarrassing. One one that um, was recent for me is, like, I was playing Breath of the Wild, and I, so I get to the final boss or whatever, and spoilers if anybody, you know, doesn't want this spoiled, but... So I was getting to the final phase where you fight uh, Beast Ganon, and so I'm riding on my horse, <laughs> and up to this point in the game, I had, like... I hadn't ridden on a horse for maybe more than like 10 minutes, right? Cause I'd just been climbing everything I saw. So like, I was trying to control the horse and I didn't really have it down cause I just, I wasn't used to it and it didn't control the same way that it does a Twilight Princess or Great of Time. So I was like, I was like, ah, this is this. no. So I just <laughs> ended up getting off the horse and just like running around B-Scan and, and shooting him from the side. So horses, horses for, uh, for me in, in Breath of the Wild weren't, uh, the, the mastery wasn't there right away.
0: And I got to be honest, if out of all the horses that I've uh, used in gaming, I'd say Breath of the Wilds feels the best, um, especially with the fact that once you're on a path, the horse will follow the path. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing through The Witcher again yesterday or for the first time. I saw him that game. the um, game, Witcher 3, and I would get on a path and then I forgot that you have to actually like still steer the horse. Uh, as opposed to Breath of the Wild, where once you get on a path and you're going fast enough, you know the horse will trot along, um, which is nice. So yeah,
1: I I went and did all like the horse side quests and stuff after that, and like and like after that I was I was rocking, but my first fight with Beast Ganon was pretty embarrassing. I was trying to like <laughs> look awesome and ride Epona, pona, and see Beast Ganon's probably like, "What are you doing?"
0: Yep. So the biggest topic that I wanted to talk about, um, and like I said, this is something that's been on my mind for a while um <clears throat> so kind of give a little background for this for those of you that have been paying attention to nintendo for a while they've been talking about the switch and third parties so we've got a bunch of confirm we've got a bunch of confirmation on different third party companies that are working with nintendo to get out their games for the switch um every time they they talk about third parties they show out that graphic with you know atlas and bethesda and all these other companies on them um and display how they're so excited to be working with all these companies um, and, and a huge amount of third-party support that's going to be on the Switch. Um, and we keep hearing stories, I guess, I've been looking at Go Nintendo Nintendo Everything, and uh, Nintendo Life lately. And then we've been seeing stuff like Level 5 still working on an, at least one new game for the Switch or two or three other companies also working for a new game on the Switch. Um, but one of the things that's actually starting to get me worried is while all of Nintendo's games so far have, have pretty much come out a worldwide release, um, whereas we're not waiting for, like, back when we used to have to get Pokemon a year before in Japan, or however long it was, and mm-hmm. then wait, like, a year. Um We're actually getting a lot of games, third-party games that are coming out for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, we're getting them later on the Wii, or on the Switch, sorry, not the Wii U. Um, and... That's starting to worry me because, you know, it's okay when one or two games do it. But when you're starting to see more and more games do it, that's bad. Uh, and I came up with a short list of of some games that have already come out for other systems that we're still waiting on for the Switch. Um, and some games that are have yet to come out um, that we're still waiting on for a, a Switch release date. So, Portal Knights is coming out for both... Uh, the PS4 and Xbox One very soon. I think it's this month or next month. We still don't have a release date for the Switch, but they say it's coming. Rime is coming out soon. We still don't have a Switch release date. Ukulele doesn't have a Switch release date. Stardew Valley a game that's been out for about a year, maybe two so far, still doesn't have a release date. Um, they just announced the Shantae half, half, half genie hero. Gosh dang it, um, is coming out for Switch. We don't have a release date on that, despite it being out for a while. Skyrim, we don't know if it's even the Special Edition. Probably not going to be the Special Edition. It's probably going to be the Basic Edition. Don't have a real release date for that. Steep, which has been out about half a year now, still don't have a release date for that. And then LEGO Marvel Super Heroes 2 was announced. It's coming out in November for, super, or for Xbox One and PlayStation 4 with a Switch date to be released later. And so all of those games are out or are coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or PC, and they have release dates, but we don't know anything about whenever it's coming out for the Switch, and we're getting delayed and delayed and delayed pushback um, for these games. And Rhyme was a really big, like, I guess, like, they, they pumped that game up a lot for the Switch, but we're we're getting it later now, and we don't know when that game's coming out for the Switch, we don't know when a lot of these games are coming out for the Switch, and that's a problem, and then we're starting to see things like Injustice 2 isn't coming out for the Switch, um, the next Shadows of Mordor game is coming out for the Switch, um, and a lot of people are going to say you Nintendo does not need third party support; they can solely rely on first party support, which is a lie. We saw how that worked with the, with the yeah, Nintendo yeah, Wii the, U. The Wii U
1: proved that that is just not true.
0: Well, and even more than that, one of the biggest selling points of the Switch is that you could play AAA games on the go. So, like one of the biggest reasons, and, and a lot, you know, Breath of the Wild was a huge, huge plus for me buying the Switch. But I really love The Binding of Isaac, and I really enjoy bringing that with me wherever I go, being able to play that, um, do, do a run through Binding of Isaac when I'm on the plane going somewhere or whenever we're driving to uh, another state for, for whatever it is. Um, it's That's that's one of the reasons that I have a Switch is so that I could play games like that on the go um, as well as on the TV. But the thing that's worrying me now is that we're seeing games like third-party games like this getting pushed back and back and back and without, you know, with a, a TBD release date attached to them. Um, and we've been told before that, you know, the Switch is so easy to develop for, but we're still getting it later. Um, and even like uh, Fate Extella, Umbral Star, I know a lot of, not a lot of people are too hyped up for that game because they don't care about that game. I am so excited for that because I love the Fate series. That's in July, even though the game's been out since I think uh, March maybe. So I, I'm just I'm just starting to get worried for this switch and how it's doing with third-party support, considering all these games are just getting pushed back, and we don't have release dates for them. Um, so I talked a lot. What, what do you think, Andy?
1: Uh I'm posing my thoughts here. So I'm willing to give Nintendo a little bit of a pass here for for two reasons, and it's not much of a pass, but so the Switch came out, what are we in now? Almost June, so three months ago. So assuming that these developers started development for the Switch games later and not at the same time as, you know, the their PlayStation or Xbox cousins, it would make sense that this particular first batch of games is, is going to be delayed. Um, a game like Shadows of Mordor, though, like that's... That's what worries me, because there's no reason why that game shouldn't come out for all three systems right away. Um, the other like little bit of a pass that I'm going to give them on too is, you know, Nintendo better have one hell of an E3 showing lots of their stuff, lots of third developer stuff. I just think that they've been so scant on announcing stuff for the Switch that, you know, they, they must they have to be saving it for E3 or else what is the last couple of, like, I know we've had Arms directs and Splatoon directs, but that's not that's not moving the needle, um, you know, for me and for a lot of people. So I think they like I think they're saving some stuff for E three to come out gun to come out guns blazing. Um, if this trend continues beyond, I would say six months. Like the first six months after that, like the, I I would be really worried because <laughs> then you get into the Wii U situation where it's kind of the the chicken and the egg, right? Like third party games don't sell on the Wii U but they don't sell on the Wii U because they were released 6 months after or whatever right so yeah if the switch is definitely a different beast and definitely has a unique hook so those games could be successful but they're not going to be if they're not released at the same time it's just that's how it is right so
0: well and we're being told like uh we've been told like before the switch came out many developers are saying the switch is easy to program for it's easy to port over their games onto um, but so far not a lot of proof has been there to show that this is true. Like I said, like it a game like ukulele is prime for the Switch. And I understand that they were originally gonna do it for the Wii U. Um mm-hmm. and then they cancelled that because the Wii U flopped. Um and they're making it for the Switch, so I could kinda give a bit of a pass for that. Um also because it's more of an independent developer. And I I don't wanna just start handing out you know, passes for independent developers because we got Binding of Isaac, you know, as almost a launch game. Um, it was delayed about uh, two weeks, I think. Um, and granted, that game is is I don't want to mitigate what work went into that game, but it's quite a bit easier to program, I'd assume, than something like Rhyme or Ukulele or Shadows of Mordor. But like you said, the, one of the biggest problems is, you know, we saw games like uh, Batman Arkham City come to the Wii U two years later or whatever it was in, like, the Armored Edition, quote-unquote.
1: Yeah, and Mass Effect was, 3, Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. and none of them sold.
0: Yeah. Because they, they didn't sell at the same time. They didn't come out at the same time as the originals. Um, they were Not that they were terrible ports, but they just weren't, like, up to snuff with the other game systems. Um, And like you said companies are like oh i don't want to i don't want to uh, develop for this thing because the sales haven't been good but the sales have not been good because of the development for the games um and that's why it really mm-hmm. confuses me when you see and, stuff like and the switch like,
1: is definitely a different beast from the Wii U yeah. too. like it it has a way better hook a way better audience already for it um it, it always really annoyed me when i heard nintendo fans being like oh well you know whatever they release call of duty on wii u but like we don't want call of duty on wii u because we only want nintendo games and it's like well you don't make up a very large audience and and you need those games to keep getting your nintendo mm-hmm. games on your nintendo consoles so <clears throat> and that's it, why it matters
0: like, it's excusable for the games like destiny 2 when they said destiny 2 is not being considered for switch i understand that because that's pretty much a, an online only game that needs to be online for wh- wherever you're going, and the Switch really isn't an online specific the Switch console. Switch isn't
1: that a platform for that.
0: Yeah, and and you couldn't play it if you're taking it portable, you're going somewhere, it, it wouldn't work. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with the fact that we're getting these games. Um, like again, the Ukulele doesn't have a release date for the Switch. Um, that game has been out, and I'm, I'm very t- as much as people are saying that the game's not like that good. I really want to play it. Um, and I'm getting really tempted to just buy it on Steam. Uh, because I don't know when it's coming out for the Switch. I don't, I don't know if I really want to wait that long. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I'm I'm scared that we're going to see that as a trend. Is people saying, I don't want to wait X amount of months later mm-hmm. for this game. When I can just play it right now on another yep. system. And you're kind of sacrificed. Like, you have to make a choice as a buyer, as a consumer do I want to wait and be able to play this portably or do I want to wait and be able to play this now? And a lot of people are impatient. They're going to say, I want to play this now.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'm like that. I, I think E3 will be very telling when they, you have new third-party games announced and seeing you know, if they have a release date for, for the other two, but it's TBA for the Switch or if there are games announced that aren't even on the Switch but are on PlayStation and Xbox. So I think that's kind of when my free pass for Nintendo ends is at E3. Um, if they don't have the conference that I'm expecting them and hoping that they have, then, you know, I, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be in tough, like, like the switch has a lot of momentum and it has a lot of, um, has a lot of goodwill right now with, with all kinds of different gamers, but like, You know, you can't just survive off Nintendo games all the time. You need to have that buffer in between games. Because, like, ideally, you should have, you should probably have, like, a a game, a really good game coming out a month that's going to sell systems, Mm -hmm. right? And so, from Breath of the Wild, like, with respect to all the other games, there hasn't been, like, a really big game that came out until Mario Kart. And since then, there hasn't been probably a big game that's coming out until splatoon too mm-hmm. uh i don't know if you want to consider arms in there or not and no then... I,
0: I see i don't know because splatoon has enough faith as an already installed game has an already mm-hmm. like big enough install base it's, it's an e-sport that, in that some game ways will be a hit <clears throat> for sure <clears throat> and and i can see that arms is going to have a lot to prove um i i my opinions on that have been made clear not necessarily here um, but in the chat and with some of my Facebook yeah. friends I don't necessarily think that that game is going to do well so for, like
1: when's arms even coming out July July okay so or, we have, or
0: June it's June
1: 26th it, one of them's coming out in June one of them's coming out in July so Splatoon and Arms so <clears throat> Splatoon so is even in May. July so you have you have nothing for the month of May you have nothing for the month of August correct me if I'm wrong it's like you you don't really have a big game coming out in september you probably don't have a big game coming out until november November. at at that point with with mario odyssey Odyssey. assuming that doesn't get delayed so like like i I think that you just need like a big title like every month to keep your momentum going like um you know look at playstation like you know it may not be the sexiest game titles in uh in our circle of, of gaming but like you got NHL coming out. You've got FIFA coming out. You've got Call of Duty coming out. Like, there's usually something in the pipe for people to play. So, And with and, Nintendo, it's not always that case.
0: And here's my thing. Like, I really want a PlayStation 4. Since I moved out of my uh, townhouse and I was living with the other guys, I don't have one. Um, I have all these games that I bought for it. And I just don't – I can't play it anymore. Um, so I'm trying to save up to get a PlayStation 4 because I want to play games like Injustice 2 and the Handsome Jack Collection again and Uncharted 4 and all those games. Um, I want to own them and I want to play them again, especially Injustice too. With the ratings that thing is getting, it's not on PC. Um, I, re- I really want to get that game. It's not coming to Switch, as far as we're concerned, um, unless we get another like, you know, special edition or whatever it is. Yeah, I,
1: and even if it does, like,
0: <clears throat> I, I don't too little, too know. Too late if, for a lot of it. I, I of just, people. I just don't know if I'd get it for the Switch over a PlayStation Four. Um, just because of what it is. And because of the type of game it is. Um, but that's neither here nor there. M- my difficulty with this is. Um, is just kind of twofold. Like I've been saying. When we see these games. Uh, that have already come out. Or that are coming out. Getting PlayStation 4, Xbox One. And PC releases on the same day. And then maybe two or three months later down the line. We're getting games. We're getting them released for the Switch. I, I don't. That doesn't look good to me. And it's, people, it's bothersome. And people will say, like, you know, there's Nintendo fanboys, us Nintendo fanboys will say, oh, well, I can play Nintendo games. Like, that's all I need is Nintendo games. And like, that's fine. I understand that you guys are okay with that. But that's not going to sell systems. Like, that's not what's going to push, you know, a lot of people to buy them. Like, I know that some people are buying the Switch for Breath of the Wild and for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I actually know people that are buying the Switch for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I'm not doubting that. But. If people can hear that they can play some of their other favorite AAA games on the Switch, play them portably, um, that's that's a huge system seller for them. Or even play like <clears throat> let's say you're in the living room, you're a kid, you're in the living room, and your parents are watching TV, but you really want to play Call of Duty with your friends, but you can't because they have the TV. Well, take it on your Switch. Um, take it off the TV. You've got Call of Duty right there. That's, that's, that's the selling point for the Switch, and, and they're missing out on Um, these games, because either they're not, they're not making it to the Switch, that's not a big push for them, or they're coming out too late. And that's a huge missed opportunity, is when games come out too late, they're probably not going to sell for the Switch, except for the already, like, the install base is already there. Um, and second, the other thing that's bothering me is that we're getting games that have been released already, like, that have been out for a long time, like Skyrim, that, that aren't coming until, like, November, uh... That's that's worrisome for me because that game, you like you said, you've got June, July, and then dead until about November that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they're like, and hey that's guys, I need
1: to have an awesome E <clears> three, <throat> like an And
0: awesome they talked E3. about, you know, the 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 leaks today talked about Mario um, and rabbits Battle Kingdom, whatever it's called. I don't know if that game's gonna be as big as they <laughs> that, think it that is. That doesn't
1: do it to me for me. That's like a Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Well, like, well, it's, it's nice to released... some people, but.
0: Well, their release schedule was build up hype for it at E3 in June, convince people um, in July, and they release releasing it in August or September. Um, and so that was their plan. It got leaked today. It's a little, it's a, about a month, maybe half a month off. Not a big deal. What is a big deal is that that's so far the only game that we know of for the Switch that's coming out. And it's a, it's a first party exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, I guess you can say second parties are developing it with Ubisoft. Um but games like Skyrim that have been out and that have been developed and, you know, that should be easy to port over to um, a the Switch, it shouldn't be taking this long. Uh, I just, I don't understand why it's taking so long. And it doesn't, as as much as they say that this is an easy platform to develop for, nothing's showing that so far. And
1: that's... my My only, like, <clears throat> my only hope in silver lining for it is that I just hope that Nintendo gave them dev kits really late Mm -hmm. and so that's that's the reason for the delays um and so then I mean the next couple months will will prove if that's true or not which I, I don't even know if I believe that myself but my hope is is that's why these other games are coming out late because I mean like Nintendo did you know they they didn't pull the The curtain back on the switch until like like the 11th hour like it was ridiculously late for them to reveal what the switch was you know for versus launchers i think it was only about a span of like five months or something like that Mm -hmm. so like that's a short time and if developers were were also kept in the dark for that and didn't have the dev kits for the switch which it might make sense to make sure that none of the specs got leaked um well, they that, had... that might account for some <clears> of the delays <throat> but
0: well they had the dev kits like we've heard them talk about it back um during that time Yeah, there might that's have true, been... actually that's there true. might have been a uh, um an embargo on talking about the dev kits um, but there were leaks and there were other discussions about the dev kits between those five months. So it's not like they didn't have time to work with them. And I understand it takes a lot longer than five months to build a game. I'm not saying that, you know, you should be able to go from scratch to Z in five months and have a working build of a game. What I'm saying is, is that these games that are already out, that they're waiting so long to to put on the Switch isn't isn't good to me. Like, that's not a good sign. Because these games have been out for a while, and I understand Skyrim's got huge star appeal. Okay, I, I'm not doubting that that game's gonna do well. Uh, the the thing that's concerned there there are a few things that are concerning me about that game being on the Switch. And one, I the signs are pointing to it not being the special remastered edition, and a lot of people are hoping for that, but so far it doesn't look like that. Um, <clears throat> second, it's been confirmed that the Switch isn't as powerful as the PS4 um and the xbox one and those systems they don't struggle but they don't you they know don't
1: struggle but they're both getting um, upgrades ps pro is well, already out and will be out
0: well but they they have trouble with load times for games like fallout and skyrim there's like a 30 second maybe um like load time between the like scenes or whatever um and that you know significantly decreased on pc not even going to compare the switch to a pc But if they're not as powerful, if it's not as powerful as those, how long is the load time going to be? How is that going to impact the um, system? And then kind of looking at what how labor intensive the game is, um, I have frame rate drops on my Switch playing Binding of Isaac. And that's not good Uh, because that game, like I said, it's not that intensive like I could run that on my like I had a 2 gigabyte RAM Lenovo tablet um and I could run that game on there no problem um there like there are a few dips in frame rate every now and then but I'm assuming the switch is more powerful than that and I'm still having some frame rate issues there um and I'm just I'm just getting increasingly worried by how they're handling by how third party is handling the switch um Yeah
1: like I I wouldn't be worried I mean, I would be worried about frame rate issues with Skyrim, but I'd be worried about that because it's a Bethesda game, and not because yeah. the Switch can't handle it. I mean, if the Switch can handle Breath of the Wild without you know noticeable frame drops, which for you know ninety-nine percent <coughs> of the time it does, mm-hmm. then by and large it should be able to handle Skyrim, right? Yeah. I just think that Bethesda games aren't—they don't have nearly the the amount of polish that uh, a Nintendo game probably would, but. Um, I mean I like I can I can see your point though that's it is it is worrisome um I think that you're probably definitely going to make compromises somewhere along the way to to play some of these games uh on the go. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think like if you can temper your expectation for that you won't be uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't go in expecting like I guess you shouldn't probably go in expecting like what you would on the on the Xbox though if you're playing on the go. I think I, I think it's a little bit better when you're when you've docked yeah, it. But
0: I understand that. Like, I'm not saying that I'm expecting that same quality. I'm just I'm just getting worried because.
1: Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying.
0: Like, you know, we I guess big games that have come out. Like, if you're into it, like, I really kind of want to pick this game up um, just because I like the type of RPG it is. Is uh, I'm probably going to butcher the name, but uh, Disgaea Five. Yeah. Um, I really want to pick that game up. Um, there's other games that are like that. That could be considered a big game. Um, you've got stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 2 that's, that's supposed that's, to come out.
1: I, and I like this game. Like, don't get me wrong. That That's just not the type of game that's going to sell systems. Well, that's, so, that's like, what I'm like saying. Final like, Fantasy is the kind of game that sells systems, you know? I'm,
0: I'm, I'm saying that these are games that are coming out. Of these Like, they're big games, but they're not big games to everybody. They're very niche yeah, exactly. in, their, in their, their reach. Like, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is very niche in its reach. Like, that's mm-hmm. yes. not going to reach everybody like Breath of the Wild did or everybody like Mario Kart did or even know if you wanna say Ultra Street Fighter, um you can. I mean there there's there's it's got good games. I'm not saying it doesn't have good games, I'm just saying that the third party support is getting concerning or lack thereof is getting concerning. Um, and how they're handling porting these games over. Because at the end of the day, the thing that killed the Switch or the Switch, the Wii U wasn't the first party games, it was the lack of third party support. Um it was "Quote unquote strong at the beginning. One of the launch titles was a third-party yes. game made specifically for the Wii U. Say what you will about Zombie U, it was it was a dedicated game specifically made by another company for the Wii U. The Switch, it doesn't really have any of that, but it's also you know it's you're seeing kind of the same thing happen where you're getting games that have been released you know three or four months ago being put out for the Switch now or in in two or three months and that doesn't look good because, you know, people aren't going to pick those games up if they can play them now um, for their other systems. And I'm, I am know that the portability is a huge aspect of the Switch. That's its biggest selling point. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that a lot of people aren't necessarily going to want to be patient and pick up the game, you know, four or five months down the line unless there's another incentive to wait for it. Like, I guess you could say Rhyme, it's going to be cheaper on the Switch digitally and in store. You get a soundtrack,
1: but it's—it's it's getting to be something like like even for me, like playing portable isn't a huge draw for me because most of the time I just play at home. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not like a like a super big traveler, so I don't really play it a lot on the go. So, you know, if it's if it's out, you know, if there's a game that I want out and it's on Xbox, you know. Four months before it's on Switch, I'm gonna pay ten extra bucks and pick it up. So yeah, it's a problem, and I and I hope that they have answers at E3 for it because they they really need to they had they need to have the show of their life at E3 because there's a lot about the Switch that that needs to be addressed and and answered and you know that's that's where my goodwill <laughs> runs out is after that press conference
0: and they they really need to help a lot of stuff and we're probably gonna talk about that next time. Um what we hope to hit on and what they need to hit on um mm-hmm. for e three um because, like i said the 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 conference for the switch really wasn't the best um when it was announced it was a little uh spotty to say the least yeah um,
1: it was it, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't but you you the, the best.
0: you're going we're going into a another quarter soon um i think q 2 or q3 q2 starts soon i think or three i'm I'm always i always mess this up um but we we have to start seeing more support for the system because it doesn't have a lot of i'm not saying again i know that a lot of these other consoles haven't had huge launch launches with tons of games on it i'm just saying like whenever you've got none of
1: the other consoles have ever been in the position that nintendo was coming off just an abysmal (laughs) console like that yeah it, like the only comparable, really, was was Sega after the Sega Saturn when they launched a the Dreamcast, I and mean, we yeah. you know how that turned out.
0: And so you're seeing like, and and like you said, it might be a little difficult at this moment because you know the the systems just come out, and we're assuming these games have been in development for a while. Um, so games like uh, maybe Injustice Two, I don't know that that was in development way before the Switch. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other games right now, but like th- that have, that are haven't been in develop, that have been de- in development before the switch and are now coming out after the switch. Like I understand that, like I understand that there might be a little bit of a difficulty in, in trying to build the game in a way that fits the switch. What I'm getting worried about is saying games that are coming out now that have time to fit on the switch, still not getting a definite release date, like Lego Marvel superheroes Heroes 2. um, <clears throat> And the issue with that for me, and I know a lot of people don't understand um, why that series is so great. It's a great series. The problem is, on the console versions of those games for the for Nintendo, especially on the Wii U, you saw significant um, downgrades. And not necessarily performance, but in how they were handled and how they played and how they were treated um like the wii u version didn't have any of the dlc for it uh, especially for lego batman 3 uh, that you could find on other consoles um and so i'm just i'm just getting really worried with how third parties are handling the switch or lack thereof um because this is kind of what happened to the wii u and i know it's really early to be talking about this but this is a a good conversation to have when talking about the future of this uh the switch because otherwise you know without third-party support it's not going to do that well uh a console can't survive on just first-party support.
1: No. It can't. As, as much we as... clearly saw.
0: Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> it it's definitely going to be a good topic to come back to after E3, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with 3DS, like, seemingly riding off into the sunset, like, I, theoretically, you, Nintendo should be able to focus more of its efforts to to meeting that, you know, big game-a-month quota, but... Uh, yeah, it it needs, it needs some help. Nintendo can't do it all by themselves. And, uh, man, I hope they have a good E3.
0: Yeah. And there's, there's a bunch of rumors swirling around E3. Hopefully we'll get a few more in the next few weeks or the next week. So we can talk about it more next week. Uh, it'll be our 50th episode or my 50th, um, since starting the new podcast. So we'll, we'll do an E3 thing. Hopefully this time we'll actually, uh, have a bit, a bit of a better setup, a bit of a better, uh, Turn out at the end of our, our special talking about any bets free, we make,
1: bets. We're, yeah. we're seeing them through.
0: <clears throat> so we've had difficulties with that, and then, you know, last time we tried to do them, we were going to follow through with them, but then there was a staff turnover, and, and Nate left. still in the former, so <sighs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully <laughs> it goes better this time. Uh, yeah. I don't intend on going anywhere. And Andy, Andy hasn't told me he's going anywhere so far, so we um, uh, pretty when, good. When
1: I leave, it'll just be, like, middle of the night, so...
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this week, I guess. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week. See you guys.